Um, Barat Sanderason joins us. So we'll keep them coming through. So you keep firing them through. We'll keep uh, adding to that as we go along. But uh, there is so much to chat uh, cricket with, and Barat's the right person to talk to because he knows everything about cricket. Barat Sanderason, welcome. Oh, thank you. Uh, and thank you for that introduction, Whitey. Yeah, <laughs> I do know a, a thing or two. I, I don't know about everything, but like, all right, if you... I know you trust me a lot, so uh, I'll go with it. <laughs> well, where, where do you want to start? What What are you watching most closely at the moment? There are a full round Oof. of Sheffield Shield matches going on today. You've got India and India, India and India, England and India, and you've got South Africa and Australia. Yeah, and then the test match at the WACA. So you're just spoiled for options, right? You're just jumping from one game to the other, mixing them up. Uh, I was just... Uh, uh, wondering why India aren't declaring, and then I realized, oh no, no, that's uh, Australia. The Australian women—they uh, are the ones who should be declaring yes. by now because they're so far ahead. It is a bit confusing, and you wake up and New Zealand, like you said, uh, just beat South Africa. But uh, like when the day started, uh, I thought South Africa had a good chance of uh, pushing them, but you know that man Ken Williamson just. Uh, uh, spoil the party like he does. But yeah, you, you're right. And then I just drove up to the Adelaide Oval, watched a lot of wickets fall. Um, and then, I don't know, I just got a little disappointed with Manas that he wasn't throwing the ball often enough to Michael Nisa. So I came back home um, <laughs> only to realize that Queensland also had had a collapse at the top of the order. Yes. So well, just on that game, it was a bizarre start. South Australia um, batting first. Their first three batsmen made ducks. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Including Jake Fraser McGurk opening the batting, which I cannot work out for the life of me why that happened. They were three for none. I think that's Jason Gillespie sending a message uh, to the Australian selectors that uh, you know this could well be the role because he's already been spoken of um, as a potential uh, bolter into the Test squad, if not for New Zealand, then uh, maybe later in the year, isn't he? So, uh, or maybe it is Jake himself who said that. I want to open the batting. We'll have to ask Dizzy uh, as uh, this match wears on. Uh, but you're right. I mean, at um, uh, three for three for nothing, it was it was quite the start. And then there was another collapse, and then another collapse towards the end. Uh, and but I think that's pretty much what we saw around the country today, didn't we, in uh, Shield cricket? Well, that's right. So I'll ask this question to both you, Barat, and also Bryce. All these low scores that we're seeing at the moment in Sheffield Shield cricket. A bit of it has got to do with the, the wickets that, that we're seeing. There's a lot of grass, particularly on day one, live grass on, on shield wickets. But uh, when do we start getting concerned about the low scores? I'll ask you first, Bryce, because you're right next to me. Well, I don't know. If, well, I, what it is doing is giving us a different set of records to maybe some that we're accustomed to, I think, from a batting perspective. So sometimes the run scoring... Batters are never feeling like they're in. So sometimes the 50 that Jake Lehman and Alex Carey got 49 and the partnership they built from three for none uh, then looks quite substantial. But it's not 150 that we're probably used to seeing in the Sheffield Shield. So I think it's affecting batters' um, numbers. And oh, they averaged 36 in Shield cricket. Well, that could be quite remarkable given the conditions are, have been quite challenging over the last few years. Barat, you see most of it. And uh, are, are you noticing that type of situation as well, where the, the batter's figures are, are being impacted? Oh, it, it reminds me of county cricket from a few years ago. Uh, you remember the Dukes was doing a lot and 
especially if you saw numbers, batting numbers from the early part of the English summer, uh, they were struggling. I, I mean, getting a 45 or a 50 was a match-winning score. And we've started seeing that in shield cricket as well. Um, and, and I think what it does do is you'll, you'll see a lot of batters who maybe when faced with a flat pitch, uh, they're not as accustomed to as, say, uh, Steve Smith was, to build innings, uh, right? Like Because you're sort of mentally uh, kind of used to getting to 70 and reali- or kind of relaxing a little because you're used to that being a match-winning score. Uh, and we saw that with England for a long time when they were uh, they had very sporting w- wickets around the country for county cricket. So I think whereas now all of a sudden Australia is spoiled for fast bowling options, like it, it feels like every time you turn up for a match, a new kid just puts his hand up or someone uh, who you hadn't thought of as maybe uh, playing test cricket, uh, you start thinking about them differently. Whereas suddenly you realize if there are a couple of injuries in the batting ranks, who do they turn to? Like Matt Renshaw um, has been picked in the test squad as someone who can bat at the top and end the middle order. But his uh, figures this season have not been very flash, but not too many who have had flash numbers so far. Yeah, uh, I'm a bit stronger on this, Bryce. I think it's a major concern because we can't have a situation where South Australia today lost three for none, Queensland lost five for 22, New South Wales, sorry, New South Wales lost five for 22, Queensland lost three for 13. These are massive collapses. And we're just seeing, I reckon, teams fold too easily. Oh, it's the conditions. I don't think enough batsmen around the country are putting in the hard yards to fight through difficult circumstances. And we've seen it a little bit still at Australian level as well, is that collapses happen pretty easily. And we've got a a national team that's going over to play in New Zealand where the ball will be going around corners. Because if the New Zealanders are smart, they'll create pitches that that are green as green. I'm not sure we're going well enough to cope with that. Mm. No, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and we've seen that in, over the last few summers, uh, even in test matches on Australian soil, right? This time, what Australia got 400 once, uh, when David Warner kind of batted out yep. of his skin in difficult conditions on day one of, of the season. And uh, I don't think Australia got even close to making 400 after that. Uh, across four test matches against uh, very inexperienced bowling attacks from Pakistan and the West Indies. Um, and, and we've seen that in the past as well. Uh, last year was the same. Uh, they piled on the runs against the West Indies. But then once the pitches had a little bit in them, uh, but it wasn't that easy, was it? And uh, and you're right. And I was there. I watched uh, quite a few of the wickets fall today. It wasn't like the ball was doing, uh, hooping around and batting was impossible. There were just like basic errors that the batters were making. Uh, and I wonder when we'll start talking about there being a batting issue around Australia yeah. in long-form cricket. Because like I said earlier, nobody's really breaking the door down, uh, is there? I mean, no. from a batting perspective, there are so many bowlers, uh, even spinners. Uh, suddenly, all of a sudden, Australia seem to have like three, four that they can pick from. But not too many batters, and it is a concern uh, yep. going forward. Yep. So today in the game at the Adelaide Oval, South Australia all bowled out for 132. Queensland in, in reply, seven for 108. So that's 17 wickets for 240 mm. at the on the first day at Adelaide Oval. Um, and then down at Blundstone Arena, Tassie all out for 183. Western Australia, four for 118. Cameron Green played and was out LBW playing a, a, a bit of a non-shot coming forward. 
Um, and then New South Wales all bowled out for 252. And as I said, at one point lost five for 22. Jack Edwards made 99 in that game. I don't know. I just get this feeling that when the conditions are hard, oh, we've got to take the game on. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to, we've got to try and bat aggressively, get as many as we can before we get a, a ball with our name on it. Whereas 25 years ago, it's, you had to fight through that tough period until it got a bit easier. I don't think there's too many that are prepared to do that at the moment. I think you make a good point, Adam. And the concern, Barrett, is the fact that Australia, this batting lineup, is going across. We saw it, well, it, it perform less than adequately in the in the final test against the West Indies. And uh, it's about to go over into a real hot box of swing ball seeming uh, with New Zealand performing exceptionally well. They did chase down the runs that South Africa set them. Uh, South Africa were plucky in the test match at Seddon Park, the second test over there, New Zealand, South Africa. But there must be some concerns because that has been the Achilles heel, a spinning ball in the subcontinent and a moving ball in England and, and New Zealand. We haven't been there for the best part of eight years, so we we haven't been tested. No. Yeah, yeah. and I've heard some people say, oh, it's March or end of February, the pitches will not be green in New Zealand. But I, I went... To New Zealand last around the similar uh, similar time, just before COVID in 2020, when India were touring there, same two venues, Wellington and Christchurch, and, and there were green tops, and the ball was doing all sorts. There's and, nothing wrong with their hoses you, there; they keep watering <laughs> yeah, the wicket. There's nothing wrong with the hose. <laughs> yeah, and especially if they see Australia come over, and, and New Zealand suddenly are in a very good position from a WTC perspective as well. But you mm. know, now they've just beaten South Africa for the albeit uh, understand South African team for the first time ever in their history. They'll want to do the same against Australia. I mean, uh, our dear friend Crash Craddock has been talking up the record that Australia have had against New Zealand for a long time now on, <laughs> on ACN. So I think, uh, and you know, everybody listens to Crash. And I think uh, New Zealand would want to uh, get that record straight as well. And, and, and you're right. I mean, you see how Kane Williamson backs on those pitches. That's exactly the kind of role somebody in that Australian top order will will have to kind of really take and, and we still don't know Steve Smith is what two test matches into um, his new role Cam exactly. Green is two test matches into his new role um, and, and then as we saw against the West Indies suddenly a couple of wickets fall and then you're into the head marsh carry bit of the batting lineup so and then it just it works one day it doesn't work the other day so interesting times ahead from a test perspective for Australia and uh, yeah I mean uh, this, this is as ta- good a time as any with what two more rounds of shield cricket to come for a couple of young batters to really put their hand up and figure out a way of uh, making big scores because they can just break through. There there are vacancies which will open up very soon. Brett, uh, we could keep talking to you for ages, but we, we run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll, we'll catch you again soon. No worries at all, guys. You have a great evening.